Corn, cattle, and cover crops. We're talking about an evolution of soil health and understanding with Temple Rhodes and Kelly Garrett in this episode of Extreme Ag's Cutting the Curve. Welcome to Extreme Ag's Cutting the Curve podcast, where real farmers share real insights and real results to help you improve your farming operation. This episode of Cutting the Curve is brought to you by Kloss, where machines aren't just made, they're made for more. With a wide range of tractors, combines, foragers, and hay tools, Kloss is a family business just as driven, demanding, and dedicated as yours. Go to Kloss.com and start cutting your curve with their cutting-edge equipment. And now, here's your host, Damian Mason. Hey there, welcome to another fantastic episode of Extreme Ash Cutting the Curve. Had a great conversation that spurred on this recording. It was with Temple Rhodes, and he said, you know, I stopped at uh, Kelly's farm here last week with my daughter Madeline, and we went out and we drove around the field, and we looked at what those cattle were doing that he, drew, he turns into his corn stalks. We talked about he had run a vertical tillage uh, piece of equipment over. He's talking then about carbon transfer. He said, I really think there's something here because we're really starting to change how we look at soil health, about getting carbon into the soil, about using cover crops, about increasing organic matter. And, and then Temple went on telling about his 30-year journey and how he's probably made more headway in the last two years than he made in the first 28 before that. So this kind of a, a big ranging topic, this is really not that ranging because it's all about soil, which after all is the foundation of everything we do in production agriculture. Kelly, Temple came through the farm here another a few days ago and you took him out. You did what all farmers do. You put him in the truck and drove him around. What'd you go and look at? We looked at the corn. We looked at the cows running out on the corn stalks and, you know, drove by, you know, Madeline was with him. She wanted to see the cows, wanted to see the hills. You know, we're always talking about the elevation change, things like that. And we looked at corn and cattle. And Temple, your big takeaway, you were very excited. It was a field day that obviously inspired you because then you called me and said, we need to talk about this. So what'd you see besides a, besides a bunch of 40% slope, uh, topsoil that is 50 feet deep. Uh, what else did you see? Because you saw you saw a transformation in how things have been done, and it kind of inspired you. I, I'm gonna be honest with you. Like you could, you could literally see it in the ground. You know, we went to ground that, you know, that hadn't been. You know, we we took a long ride, and we're talking about farms that have been corn on corn for years that they don't have any cattle on, and that soil looks different. You know what I mean? Like it, it just it looks different, and you can pull back out in their fields, and you can, you know, wipe back some of the the residue that's there. And we're talking about you can like, okay, there's last year, here's the year before, here's the year before that, and the residue just doesn't go anywhere. It's amazing to me how out there where they are in their climate that you know the corn stalks look like they were brand new now in the southern you know part of the united states they don't get that and out here where we are we're kind of in between like you know what the corn will turn black but it won't turn real black this depends on what time of year you harvest it but out there where kelly is and some in the and you know some of the northern regions like that those corn stalks are still yellow and they're just not going anywhere and they won't decay and then we go to some of his other fields where he's running cattle and he's had cattle on them from since September. And I just look at it like from Kelly's perspective of I'm going to, I'm going to change, you know, he's changed to from tillage years ago into a complete no-till program. 
And some of the fields that we went and looked at, Kelly, I don't, I don't know that I would ever want to imagine trying to set a no-till planner to do a good job there because I can't see it. What do you uh, you mean because of the fact that the, the fodder, especially when you're talking about 300 bushel corn, you're going to have a hell of a lot of uh, thick stalks a, and tons of fodder to get through. So It's a tremendous amount. I mean, even the leaves that the, the corn has pulling down, the leaves in between the rows, it's just, it's still like a full leaf there. Like it's still there. It's It was January. It's a full leaf there. And I'm like, what in the, like I, you can't get over the amount of, stover that's there and you look at it and you go that's all nutrients that you know kelly as a farmer or whatever farmer has you know me as well that that's nutrients and you're just not getting back down into the soil and then you drive down the road where kelly's got a couple hundred head on you know a 500 acre block or whatever it is and then he's got he's had cattle running on it and they have eight the corn stalks they have pinched them in the ground with their with their hooves and and there's not that much left mm -hmm. and to, to see that transfer and that's what we're talking about that's a carbon transfer that's putting nutrients back into the ground that transfer is happening much much faster by doing the things that kelly's doing than it would if you're just going to leave it out there because you can go out there and see three or four years past those corn stalks they're still there they're not going anywhere Kelly, you've had some big insights. You've always been a cow guy. You're cowing up. You're, you're adding to the herd, and you're using them more in a regenerative way. You you know, you used to always turn them on some corn stalks, and you always used them on your rougher ground or, you know, creek bottoms, whatnot. You're now looking at them as part of the cycle. You read uh, Dirt to Soil. You looked at some of, of uh, Gabe Brown's videos. He's the author of Dirt to Soil, kind of a pioneer in the regenerative space. This isn't new. You didn't just go and buy truckloads of cows, you know, because you'd never had them before. You've always done it. You're using them a little differently now. So I guess to the person that's listening to this, they're going to say, well, I'm not going to go buy a bunch of cows. Let's not talk about whether they're going to go buy cows or not. It's more about how you view the system, I think. Right. You know, we, uh, we've always run cows on as many of the corn stalks, and we viewed it as free feed. Uh, my whole life, as long as I can remember, you know, my dad is a huge cow guy. That's what he, he probably likes the cows more than the crops. You know, I mean, he, um, that's his passion, but the, the difference is the mindset or the perspective and understanding the carbon transfer. You know, uh, I can't remember who I read that said this, but carbon is neither created nor destroyed. It's just transferred. And where we have that mat of stocks out there, that transfer is too stinking slow. And where the cows are at out there, trampling it, tromping it into the ground or eating it and the manure is coming out the back end, things like that. That's what it's a carbon transfer process. The cows speed up the carbon transfer. It's a different perspective. You understand how it improves soil health. And then, you know, when you look at Gabe Brown's book, the, the soil book that he's got now, you know, like I was putting one or two species into my cover crop mix. Now I'm going to put in eight or ten. Because of what he talks about with the symmetry of the soil and the cattle and the land, the corn, in some ways, dare I say, the corn, I understand that's what pays the bills. But what we're trying to accomplish, the corn is the least important thing here. The soil, the cover crops, the diversity of those species and the cows are what provides the environment to raise those big yields. That's how the perspective has changed.
Yeah. By the way, Temple, when you talked about that, there's someone that's listening to this that first off is going to question, okay, well, I'm never going to have cattle. You weren't that that's one of your big takeaways. But the yeah. person that says, well, I'm not going to go buy cattle. There's more to it than that. What you were, what you were envisioning was in the old days, they would go out and just till use tillage. But you know, we know that that's got a lot of sin attached to it. So What's your takeaway uh, on on what you saw on if you can't use cattle? What's what's the alternative? Well, I mean, start start to put this together. You know, um, we know what cattle is doing. What the cattle are doing. You know, they're taking that stover. They're taking that cover crop that Kelly might be planting out there. And I do the same thing out here. Um, and and they're turning that back into the soil and we're going to get it back out in our very next crop. Well, it's not really that there's a lot of guys out here. Who's like, oh, well, why are we even listening to this? This is about cattle. Well, it's really not just about cattle. There's so many things that we can do. Like, let's go back and let's talk about cover crops for just a second. Cover crops, they definitely work, right? Uh, I did a video yesterday on it and, and, but I'm going to tell you that I'm a little bit skeptical, not skeptical, but, um, I don't really, we don't have a lot of time on this earth to make a change. So I'm going to make it changes as quickly as I can for the next generation, right? So I've been doing cover crops for upward of 30 years here. So I'm, I'm talking about like 100% of our ground is cover crop. Well, over those years, you know, pe a lot of guys are like, well, we take soil samples every year, or every two years or whatever. Well, you know, and and that's a new new thing of guys that are taking it, you know, more and more and more. Well, we take soil samples twice a year off of our ground. It's twice a year and have been doing it for years. But it, for years and years and years, we did it every year. So I went back, you know, third, you know, long, long time ago, and I compared the last 15 years. And over the last 15 years, there was the first of those 10 years, there was little to no whatsoever, little to no um, change in organic matter or CEC. But everybody will tell you that that cover crops is going to change your CECs. Well, there was 10 years that we never saw a real change. Where we started to see changes in organic matter was when we start to implement things like, you know, Kelly implemented a vertical tillage tool that would kind of help size up some residue. That were, that's that helps. We um, implemented, um, you know, uh, choppers on our corn heads. That, you know, mechanically we can do some of this without actually tilling up the ground and releasing some of that carbon that's in the ground. The other thing is, is some of these new things that are out, you know, humix, fulvix, um, uh, biologicals, helping break down that residue, those things. And so you take those first 15 years, the first 10 years out of that 15, there was little to no difference at all. Well, in the last five, I've made dramatic differences in organic matter and CECs. So that's one of the things that's happening. So yeah, you don't have cattle, but do you implement some of these other things and can you get away with, you know, maybe not as much tillage and taking some money out of the, the, the tillage pie and putting it into some of these other products and making your soil more healthy and making a better recovery. Cause you would think that, well, we've done tillage for years and we got 300 bushel corn and we're mixing it up in the soil and we're getting it back into the soil that should improve our organic matter. Well, guess what? It doesn't. 
it actually diminishes it. So you're not getting it. It, it has to be a natural um, occurring process. It's just the cattle um, speeded it up. And what Kelly has there is, you know, Kelly, what's all the steps that you take, you know, from the plant food to the biology, to the airway, to the cattle, like it's, it's just, it's exemplified so much where Kelly is. It was just mind boggling to me. Well, he's asking the questions, Kelly. So you might as well go ahead oh, and go with it. Yeah. I told you, you guys didn't need to hear on this. <laughs> you know, so you, uh, you know, the, the different steps, I was thinking about that as well. You know, the plant food and the nitrogen in there and the biology in the plant food is going to help break down the stalks a little bit. Then the res cycle product that we put in from integrated ag is going to help the stalks break down a little bit. Um, you know, and, and then, of course, the cows. What the new thing, and then, you know, the, uh, the uh, trying to put, the corn head and trying to have the knife rolls on there, the chopping heads, things like that. You know, the, uh, the yetter uh, devastator. That's what I was trying to think of the devastators we've got on the corn heads. That helps. The newest thing we've added. By the is way, the to air- the person that's listening to this, that doesn't listen, we, we covered this two years ago. Right. It's, it's a crimper. It's essentially, it's a, it's a rolling crimper that goes underneath your corn head that takes the stalks and puts serrations in them so that then they get, it's kind of like creating pore space for the water and the, and the air to get to, to degrade it. Is that an accurate so if the, Yeah. So the moisture can get into the stalk. It provided there is some moisture, which has been a challenge the last couple of years, provided there is some moisture to get in there and erode that stalk. Absolutely. And the latest thing that we have uh, used, and I, you know, it was $100,000, but it seems like every piece of equipment today is at least that is an airway and uh, an airway. It, it pokes an eight inch deep hole, hole in the soil. And we added that. I have a neighbor with one and uh, Evans really talked about it. So we looked at it. I have a good friend to the north of us has one. It's not a tillage tool. It just aerates the soil. It doesn't move any any dirt at all pokes an eight inch soil. And then of course it sizes the residue a little bit and it has a rolling basket there. A lot of times in no-till, we talk about nutrient stratification, all those, all that nutrition's in the top inch or so. And now we're trying to get it down in there eight inches. And rather I spray plant food before or behind the airway, the idea that I'm getting some of that nutrition or carbon or oxygen eight inches deep, we really think we'll have a yield benefit and a, a side benefit or a huge benefit is it's helping us break down that residue. So I I lost count of how many different things we're doing there because of residue, but it's got to be a half a dozen. Yeah. Got it. So uh, what we're talking here, since the average person listening to this, m- most of them don't keep livestock, we're talking about ways they can and go on the same evolution as you guys have on soil health. Temple talked about, and I'm going to stay with uh, this topic. You said that Cover crops for 30 years didn't really move the needle. That's shocking to most people. Now, here's what it did do. It prevented erosion. It yep. probably improved tilth. I'm just going to guess. It uh, it didn't necessarily move your CECs, your organic matter. But that doesn't mean that you shouldn't still do this. I mean, I, I want you to revisit that because there's still a bunch of benefits to it. Moisture retention, so, I would think. Uh, other, so uh, yeah. there's... Um, Kelly, you go ahead first. How many species? I want how before you start. How many species is in your cover crop mix? Well, we we've done them all. So we've done you know the tillage radishes. We've done some type of brassica. We've done clover mixes. We've done um, you know cereal grains. So right now, where we're at now, the best one that we kind of like is uh, clover and um, wheat. That's what that's what we run. 
Um, that one seems to be the best one for us. You can get a lot of benefits. So I'll go back to what there is a ton of benefits. Yes, you have tilth. Yes, you recapture any bit of fertility that, that's in that soil that you're keeping it from washing it, you know, going into the Chesapeake Bay, whatever. Your retention there is dramatic and you can get that back out. What I'm saying is, is uh, I just hadn't seen it change my organic matter or my CECs. It doesn't matter. It doesn't mean that it hasn't improved the health of my ground. It dramatically has improved the health of my ground. I would have never done this um, otherwise. I mean, we've grown good crops and out here in, you know, very low CECs and very low organic matter. And we wouldn't be growing those crops that we're growing today had it not been for that 30 years of, you know, constant cover crops on it. Just no way. We've definitely changed our soil. We just haven't moved that needle. The other benefits that we're getting are dramatic. You know, okay, well, after by, reading... I, by the way, I, I would, before I want to kick it to Kelly, I would say, and I'm the amateur, you know, the, the FFA soil judger guy, but I'm fascinated by this. Uh, there's more to there's more to healthy soil than just measuring CEC or organic yes. matter movements, yep. and that's that's I think the exciting part there. You probably did increase some soil biology, probably did some other things, porosity of moisture, et cetera, et cetera. Um, let's talk about then uh, Kelly uh, on the evolution with cover crops and all the folks that we've covered this before. They're listening to this and say, "Well, I, this, this episode means nothing to me. I don't have cattle." Um, I don't have, uh, I, I can't make cover crops work in my part of the world. So I want you to be contemplating that response to the, the skeptic before you do, I got to remind you, dear listener about a company that we work with called nature's. They are focused on providing sustainable farming solutions and helping maintain crop genetic potential for today, as well as future generations Our high quality. I mean, our meaning nature's nature's high quality liquid fertilizers powered by nature's bio K can be targeted at specific periods of influence, like when you need it. And this year, you're going to have a bunch of high-priced fertilizers. So what if you just use fertility in little doses exactly when you need them? It's kind of like a little, little shot in the arm right when you need it, and it's going to help you save money throughout the growing season via precision placement techniques as a means to mitigate plant stress, enhance crop yield, and boost your farm's ROI. Nature's is the name of the company. Check them out, N-A-C-H-U-R-S, Nature's. Go check it out, and uh, maybe you can work for your farming operation. Okay. The person that's uh, wondering about this, go. So again, there was about six ways I listed that we manage residue in our no-till system. Cows were only one of them. The other ways work as well. You know, they, they everything helps, okay? Because there's some fields I can't put cows in, with lack of fence or lack of water. You know, uh, it's too far from home. We don't want to haul the cows and then try to get them back up here. You know, different things like that. Um, the cover crop... Uh, I would suggest everybody goes to YouTube and searches Gabe Brown and watch some of those videos that we have watched. And the reason that I went down this path or this rabbit hole was because last year we lost money on beans. Damien and I have already taped this podcast. Um, you know, we met with Creed and we lost money on soybeans, but we made money on cows. So uh, Vern and Cheese, you know, I they were at this meeting. I wanted them to hear it right from Creed because I thought it would wait. It would wake the them up. For the person that's listening to this, that's never tuned in anything before, a couple of things. Yes, we recorded that episode, and it was called "From Changing the Rotation from Corn to Beans to Corn to 
cattle. That's an episode yep. that's already released. Go find it. That's what it's called. Changing the rotation from corn to beans to corn to cattle. Freed is a gentleman's name who works for JC Consulting, <laughs> who talks about financial numbers. Vern and Cheese are Kelly's children. They have God-given names, but they chose to use <laughs> these nicknames instead. Their I, real names are Kale and Connor. But go ahead. You know, you you just added a job title. Now you're also translating. So you did All a right. great job. I'm I'm really impressed, sir. Good you job. realize I can translate you still better than our friend Kevin Matthews because some of the Southernese comes out, and I just look at him and I think <laughs> I, I think this must be like what it was like when like when the, when explorers would land in a foreign country and they met him at the shore and said like what the hell did he just say? <laughs> so so this started because of an economic problem. Again, I'm the numbers guy. This started because of an economic problem or economic shortcoming. We're not making money on beans. We're making money on cows. How do we have a corn and cow rotation? So I called our friend. I'll try to translate this one on my own. I called our friend Austin Tiefenthaler, who Damien and I have recorded with. And we talked about cover crops. And I told him what I wanted to do. And he said, you need to go to YouTube and look up Gabe Brown. So I did. And holy cow, it's like a whole new world. Every morning now, I go to the shop early. I have a cup of coffee and I watch a different Gabe Brown video. He's got cool season mixes, warm season mixes. He uh, eight to ten species. That's why I asked Temple if you if you counted. Temple's got two things in his favorite cover crop mix, which is about what I have had historically. Gabe talks about monoculture, which is just having corn out there, and then you know Temple and I have got two crops out there, and I it's over my head. But Mr. Brown, Gabe, talks about having eight to 10 things in there and the biodiversity it, come, it talks about. He even had, you know, it was very dry in North Dakota. He, I think in 19, if I remember the year, he showed a video where he just put out radishes. The radishes died because of the drought. He just put out turnips. The turnips died in, in, in these other pieces of ground. Then he went to the spot where he had 10 species and it was thriving on the same amount of rainfall. It's the the how does he say this? This is a, this is a new tagline, Damien. Nature is not competitive; it is collaborative. And so now I believe. So now when Temple's talking about it, didn't change the CECs, didn't change his organic matter. I would say I've had that same experience. I agree with him hundred percent. I wonder, and I'm excited to try if we put ten species out instead of two. Will we change that organic matter and will we change those CECs? Now, that's regardless if we have cows or not. It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter. Now, the way I view it is the, it's free feed for the cattle. Temple views that. And I think we're going to have a faster carbon transfer. But the guy that says he doesn't have, can't make cover crops work, I would suggest you go to YouTube and watch some of Mr. Brown's videos. I think we can make them work. And well, I think the, the, argument is always, the argument has always been, yeah, you can do that where it's more temperate, but I'm in a cold climate. I mean, I hear that in northeast Indiana where my He's farm in North is. Dakota. And I and I said, well, I read a book by a guy that's just outside of Bismarck. I can yes. assure you they have winter sooner and it lasts longer and later than it does in northern Indiana. So um on the on the so so we went hung up on cover crops because we'll come back to that. Carbon uh transfer. Um, this is kind of a new thing for you too, Temple. So you're getting you're getting kind of wound up. You're driving around in uh, in the truck with your daughter. Uh, does Madeline want to move to Iowa? Does she want to go uh, and, yes. and move in out there? Hundred percent. 
Yes, she's she's she wants to move in with Kelly bad. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Amber would be a good thing for her. she's Amber tried to give her some little coaching lessons. You know, she's she she's like almost six foot tall. She's really tall, but she walks all slunched over because she's embarrassed of her height. So Amber tried to give her some, you know, stand up, be tall, be proud, be a strong woman. The problem is, is Amber. And, and by the way, so Damien doesn't have to cut in. Amber is Kelly's wife. We'll just go ahead and translate that. Amber is Kelly's wife, and Kelly's wife is very aggressive. She's a wonderful human being, but everybody's scared of her, including me, Damien, and Kelly. Amber is 5'5". Madeline is 5'11". Amber thinks if she was 5'11 or 6' tall, she'd be president of the world. She thinks they created an office for She's not 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 wrong, I can tell you. So what's the... What's the what's the other things that got you excited about this? You know, carbon carbon transfer and and some of the movements. You know, we talk about learning well, from the, each the, other. The, what the cattle you... the, the the cattle thing for me speeds it up. Just it speeds it up so much. So when I went out there, you know, I I heard from these other guys that spent time out there at Kelly's, and they were like, "You're just not going to believe the amount of residue that he has on the ground, and it's there from year and year and year, like multiple years." So in a no-till situation, those guys have a tremendous amount of trouble trying to make their planners do a good job. Like they fight. I mean, a unbelievable fight to try to get good emergence well when you go and see what he's done with as many different steps as he's done and then you throw the cattle on top of that it just multiplies that and i know that the kelly said the cattle is only one thing that's true the cattle is only one thing but when you throw the cattle on top of the the systematic approach that we're doing here at extreme ag with breaking down residue and you toss the cows on top of it. It's like everything gets multiplied by two or three because it's that much difference. And it's, it's incredible for, for me to see. And then I take that back home and I start thinking, right? So I started calling Kelly and we had conversations about this after I got home. And one of the things that I started seeing was, is, so I've got irrigated ground and all my irrigated ground, since we put irrigation in like the very next year after we had irrigation, we had a great crop and it was really, really good. And then every year it just wasn't quite as good as what it was before. It was like, it's like chasing that euphoria. Like we just couldn't get back to where it was on year one. And I'm like, well, maybe it's the water quality. Maybe it's this, maybe it's that. And I really can't tell you what it is, but in the past two years on one of these pieces of ground, we have had cattle every year. And I called Kelly and I said, do you know that on the one piece of ground where I live at, we've had cattle on the last two years. um, And this will be the third year that we've had cattle on it over the winter. And that particular piece of ground is now getting better than what it was before. So we're making changes and all this ground that I'm talking about, this is ground that has been in cover crop for forever, but it's corn on corn every year. And I'm like, maybe it's, maybe it is the water. Maybe it's some other things, but there's something here with that carbon transfer that it makes it so fast that it is actually improving soil and we're not treating soil like dirt anymore. 
It is there's something here that's happening. Now, can I explain it? No, but that Gabe Brown does a really good job of explaining it. He showed Kelly, tell them about how he showed multiple years of where they actually took, you know, a, a slice of the soil and they saw how it changed. He took he'd take the soil and show and it would show the different root systems and the color of the soil. And, you know, the browner it gets, the the more carbon that's there. And you could just physically see it. Um, he talked about when you change that organic matter uh, he, he, in a typical soil in a monocrop, you know, just corn, we could store like 0.59 inches of rain per foot. When he gets done and after he has, quote unquote, healed the soil and enacted his system, takes a couple years to do it. He can store four and five inches of rain per foot. One thing that really blew me away, fascinated me. He said, well, people will talk about, well, I got to have rain. The amount of moisture you get is irrelevant. And he showed what he, how he changed the soil in New Mexico uh, just by grazing the cattle appropriately, things like that. And what the root system did when you put out these eight and 10 different species. And can you imagine if I imagine if I had that sort of soil health? I pride myself on trying to have great soil health. I'm nothing compared to this man. He's so far ahead of me. And imagine if I could have stored four and five inches of rain per foot, the kind of crop I would have raised this year. And so, um, we got we to gotta do better. Yeah. So I, I appreciate this is an evolution, which is, is interesting because uh, we oftentimes say the extreme ag guys, they're still learning. And so it's, 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 it's good. So the evolution continues on this. So what do you... First off, Temple, I hear you're going to add a few more species to the cover crop. Mm -hmm. That's one thing yep. you're going to do. You're already doing yes. the cattle thing. What? Where else yep. are we going? Where's Where else are we experimenting to continue the evolution? I think that we need to learn how to do a better job of breaking down the residue. Like, I mean, I I definitely focus on that. Um, so break, breaking the down that, the residue, you think, especially when we're pushing out these tremendous yields, obviously it's more on the corn yeah. side than the soybean or even the wheat side. Getting rid of the residue is. is well, it's on every side, whether it's, I mean, every bit of stover, doesn't matter if it's corn, beans, wheat, whatever it is, it is pulling up nutrients. It is holding them into the stalk and it has got to re-release that into the soil. The quicker you make that happen, the more healthy your soil is, the more um, biology you have in your soil. All of these things play a part you know everything that we do in extreme ag it's become a very systematic approach i think that the sooner that you can get out there behind the combine and start trying to break down the residue with some of these products that are proven to actually work um the better off that we're going to get and we're seeing that um you know it seems like the bigger and the bigger and the bigger the crops that we make um the more sometimes we pull out of our soil, wrap it up into the stover, take the grain, you know, take nutrients out with the grain, we hold off the field, and there's a tremendous amount left in the stover that we're just not putting back. And that takes years and years and years. Well, if you have a year where you, you know, let's just say you have 125 bushel corn, and then the very next year, you have 300 bushel corn, well, the year that you had, you know, 280 or 300 bushel corn, that pulled up a lot of 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 nutrients and it's tied up into that well mm -hmm. the very next year following that 300 bushel corn or 280 bushel corn 
that gear, if you don't get that hurried up and try to put it back in the soil, that next crop can suffer because of the damage that you've done or the, the nutrients that you've pulled up. Uh, and I do know, I mean, we go back in, we, we're always good about replacing the nutrients that we take off, but do we necessarily 100% know exactly what we take off? Yeah, I'd say we know about the NPK that we take out, but do we know about the micros? Like Kelly and I have done a lot of talking about, you know, the, the micros and what it takes to grow a big crop just on you know the micro the the nutrition that comes out of the micros we really don't know that and that's part of the problem mm-hmm. tell me the old the old answer was tillage and that's when we didn't have this amount of stover right. uh 30 years ago when you when you you know when you and i were say uh you know high school whatever fall tillage fall tillage and we still we still go across the country i see more fall tillage than i can stand to see because i i, I think there's a lot of uh, a lot of negatives with fall tillage but it does take care of the residue uh it does get it, it back cycling yeah. It, it takes leaves- care of the residue. It takes care of the residue, but the the nutrient the nutrient release is lost. It, it doesn't when you don't let that residue break down as Mother Nature intended. You're not capturing that residue. You're, pardon me. You're not capturing that nutrition. It doesn't yeah, work well, the it, same. It, I yeah, don't yeah, understand I why. What well, it does. With Darren Hefty on, he talked about you'll get a one-time boost. You'll get it'll it'll give it to you all at once, and that it's like a sugar, right? Because we we break mm-hmm. it down so quickly, and then we end up losing some of that the nutritive value of it. So there's the skeptic that's saying, okay, I can't do cover crops, and I I do con- conventional tillage. Well, Kelly's out here trying to pretend that he doesn't do tillage, but they just talked about running over it with a uh, something that is crimps it and and uh, vertical tillage incorporates it in all that. So defend yourself. That machine, you know, uh, we should, Will has a video of this machine. This machine doesn't move the soil, pokes a hole, pokes a hole, and uh, the, the rolling basket knocks down the stalks, breaks them up a little bit. This is not tillage. This is managing the residue. It doesn't, it's not moving the earth. It's not turning the, the, the earth the, over. The one thing about this piece of equipment that he has um, especially in his area. So he could use a normal vertical tillage tool and it would disturb dirt and he could have a two inch rain and it would, you know, he would get some washouts and stuff from that moving that dirt. This particular machine that he has, none of that happens. Just imagine he is hairpinning the residue to the ground because that's really what he's doing. He's He's poking holes in it, but he's pinning the 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 stover down mm-hmm. where it's not going to wash off and in his environment where he is you know the wind blows all that fodder there's there's drifts out there like we get a snow drift he gets a drift of a of fodder i mean it's deep like but it does it it helps pin that down and that'll help break it down as well Got it. All right, get me out of here. The evolution of the soil health journey, corn, cattle, and cover crops. Uh, you've already talked about what you're doing now. You're using you're using cattle more. A lot of people cannot do that. Although you got on the horn and told Chad Henderson down in Alabama he needs to buy cattle. Um, it'd be interesting to see. It'd be interesting to see that well, happen. You know, Chad has talked about much like Temple with his pivot. Chad says his his irrigated fields with the pivot. You know, Alabama's got the red soil. 
Chad said the soil is browner in the pivot areas, and he believes it's because of all the vegetation and the plant health, and then the root exudates and the carbon transfer that that bigger irrigated crop is doing, yeah. and the soil. So he has changed his soil with irrigation, yeah. and and so then I, I you know after that conversation. I sent him some of the videos I had watched with Gabe Brown and we're talking about it. And then, you know, Chad, again, being the numbers guy, we're always talking about another revenue stream. I'm like, Chad, if you'd put cover crops on, try to change the soil more and then uh, run some calves on those cover crops. You know, it, it's not really free, but it's quote unquote free feed. I'm like free feed going into the cattle. You, you, I think it is a potential new revenue stream for him. Now we're all laughing about Chad with cattle, but I believe he can do it. And I believe it would change his soil down there um, in Alabama. I think if I was going to put bets on one of our two Southern guys actually successfully having cattle, it'd be Chad. We've seen Matt Miles. He's afraid of cows. I mean, I think like a little teeny calf walked by him and went moo and big tough Matt had to jump out of the way. I mean, I think we can just go ahead and say right here that Matt is, he's he's a wiener. I mean, let's face it, he's a wiener. All right. Chad, Chad has more moxie. Uh, Temple, go here. Um, an evolution in soil health. Um, what what's something that you you're excited about trying in 2024 that uh, is on this? You know, where, where's the next evolution? What's the next thing? Because it's never I, we're never I complete. I, I think it's just what Kelly was talking about. You know, um, I, we already take a lot of steps now. Uh, I would say that we are probably going to add a few more cattle this oncoming year. And I think that one of the important things is, is, you know, changing these species up and trying to add more species, especially the ground that. Species of cover crop. Yes. Species of cover crops, trying to change it up some. And, you know, we talked about breaking down the residue. The one thing that we didn't talk about, which we need to talk about, is when that cover crop is terminate, terminated, you have to break that down as quickly as it can. Because remember, everything that it did and it pulled up, you got to get it back in the ground because you're getting ready to put a fresh plant in there yeah. with that cover crop. So the faster you can get that broke down back into the ground. So that's kind of ongoing. I've been doing that for maybe a two years. So I'll probably try to step that one up a little bit as well. Awesome. All right, his name is Temple Rhodes, talking to Kelly Garrett about their their evolution, corn cattle cover crops, their evolution in soil health. And you know what? It is an evolution. It's never like, hey, we've got it all figured out. And that's why we're here at Extreme Ag is we're always evolving, always growing, always maturing and thinking new uh, new methods to improve our farming operations. That's why you're here too. Hundreds of videos just like this uh, at extremeag.farm. Also catch us on Facebook and Twitter. We've got good stuff that we crank out all the time. If you want to take the farming game to the next level, why don't you become an Extreme Ag member for $750 a year. $750 a year, you get direct access on a question and answer platform with guys like Temple and Kelly. You also get exclusive content. You get ex- special offers. Uh, in fact, a bunch of people are going to go to Commodity Classic for free just because they're Extreme Ag members. That saves you a bunch of money, offsets your cost right there, and more importantly, you get the data. The data from all the trials these guys do. You can become an Extreme Ag member. Go to ExtremeAg.farm to do that. 750 bucks a year is a small investment, and you'll make a bunch of that money back immediately. Till next time, thanks for being here. That's Temple. That's Kelly. My name's Damian Mason. That's a wrap for this episode of Cutting the Curve. Make sure to check out ExtremeAg.Farm for more great content to help you squeeze more profit out of your farming operation. Cutting the Curve is brought to you by Kloss, where machines aren't just made, 
they're made for more. Visit Kloss.com and start cutting your curve with cutting-edge equipment.